All right, you're very welcome along to this week's edition of DadCast. All the dads are here. Nathan is here. How are you? Adrian is here. Good evening. Dave is here. Howdy. Good afternoon. Question for you this week, lads. How's your schedule? <laughs> Jeez, there's a man who's happy with his schedule. <laughs> That's the only reason why you'd ever ask. <laughs> no, I'm just... Uh, our, our fine listeners have been in touch. Um, sliding into the DadCast DMs was uh, a guy called Brian. Hi, guys. Love the show. Saw this article and thought of ye. Keep up the great work. Look forward each week to the new episodes. Has made me laugh and cry regularly over the past year or more. Do you know what the article was? None other than Joe Wicks admitting right. to booking in weekly lovemaking sessions oh. with his wife. They have yes. to schedule their sex. Yes, I read that article, all right. There were many of them, apparently, um, himself and his, uh, his wife, who is uh, on the thing every morning, or not, maybe not every morning, but a lot of mornings. People still exercise. watching us. Uh, yeah, how are mm. uh, 200,000 every day. Okay. There was many of them on, many <clears throat> sessions booked in. No, no, one a week. To all. One a week. <laughs> Even a young, healthy, fit couple like that are only booking in one a week. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, me, me calendar. Sorry, lads. I've no time for that meeting this afternoon. Me yeah. calendar is absolutely jog a block here. <laughs> what, what sort of a window? How, how low does do those? Does a, a, an Outlook meeting? What's the least one? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Squeeze it. If you squeeze it right down, it goes 15 minutes and then it disappears. 15 minutes. That's how it works. Oh, you think quite a lot of yourself there, Jerry, with 15 minutes. I I was just just answering the question. I just wasn't sure when he started saying, if you squeeze it right down. But. (laughs) This is, I know this came up on on the podcast in the past. (laughs) But the problem with it is that it creates its own sense of pre- unnecessary pressure. So if, this, if the date is in, in the weekly schedule and you don't meet that date, well then maybe start to question things if you miss it and, it, and for whatever reason it doesn't happen. And can I ask as a, lead, as, a, as a lead on to that, which makes me start to think, do you, are you putting the, the date in or are you actually going in and saying 8.30, Friday night, bish, bash, bash, let's get it on. Bish, and bash, then, bash. Eight twenty nine. You're like right, love. <laughs> Time to get Greg. What's the, how does that? Does it, you know, so you've so you've watched, you've watched one episode of Ozark and then it's in the calendar. But actually, it's yeah. a cliffhanger at the end. You're thinking maybe I'll watch a second. Yeah. Does that, do you reschedule for an hour later, or the calendar you on your phone has gone up? Like, does yeah, your phone right. start beeping? Does your phone start beeping? <laughs> phone start vibrating. Fifteen minute reminder. <laughs> start getting horny. <laughs> start getting horny. You have fifteen minutes to go. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's, it's weird, isn't it? It's a very odd one. I don't, I don't see how it would work. Um, now, maybe if you're in a situation where it, it feels absolutely necessary, but I just think it creates unnecessary pressures in a world that's full of pressure already. You have performance anxiety around this, Dave, is what you're saying. <laughs> you're not a stud farm. You can't just like, <laughs> you know... <laughs> On, yeah, on demand. A, yeah, I'm not. You know, I'm not a performing monkey. It's just. It need, it, 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 I'm a. I'm a romantic at heart as well, so I don't think it lends towards very romantic, intimate moments where there's a phone going off in the corner and you look at each other and go, "Uh oh, we, we know. Here we, we know here what we that go. means." Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's stick on a few candles. It's, 
Romance time. Of course, it's not to say that Mr. Wicks and Mrs. Wicks don't have other <laughs> moments of maybe a little more spontaneity during the week that they they can just add in on top of the uh, the calendar date. Who knows? <laughs> are we are you, we using Mr. and Mrs. Wicks here as a euphemism for? Oh, given that they they were. They I'll, were I'll read you exactly what he said. Right, so he was he was speaking on some podcast. Um, uh, so they married last year. The two kids, Marley, who's four months, and Indy, who's one. So Jesus Christ, is that right? No, that's not right. It's not a one-year-old and a four-month-old. Been that soldier. Well, the, a one-year-old no. one, yeah. one could be almost two. My, when my second was born, one of them is running around doing the stuff. Yeah, but sure, I had a one-year-old and a newborn. And does your one-year-old yeah, one, walk? One. No, but he was. So he was so eighteen months. Start, he was eighteen the, months. The eldest, the eldest child here is doing some of the activities and climbing up on the mum. The other one is obviously in a, a rock toss. So I don't yeah, know. But the one, year, the one year, the one year old could be eighteen months or twenty months. Yeah, exactly. I suppose twenty-three months. So nearly two. I was very confused. Thir- I mean, it was twelve months and four months. I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> that time is so disruptive. He's talking about having sex. It's almost like you've got a crowbar intimacy into your week, one night a week. If you can go to bed earlier, it allows you to have that time to talk. You've got to get warmed up sometimes. You can't just jump straight into things, Dave, it says. Uh, and apparently, um, it was somebody else. Uh, Cash Warren. Oh, sorry. Jessica Alba. Cash Warren actress. My girlfriend, Kelly, shared one life-changing word with me. Schedule. She transitioned her babies to a consistent 7 o'clock bedtime. So she knew that she could have some grown-up time each night. I like this schedule a little bit better. <laughs> Each night? Come on. <laughs> Get real. At what stage of... There, I, I do often wonder, because I, I think I saw that. Was that in yesterday's Mirror? It was front page. It was front page news. It was all over the place. I mean, it's fairness, was it? Okay. Because I was wondering at what stage of trying to uh, keep the numbers up uh, in terms of his fame, do you need to go down the... <laughs> Right, I'm going to have to start revealing some stories about my sex life here just to keep things ticking along. He's, his um, latest book has had four times the orders before it comes out than the last number of books have sold. So he's doing all right. I don't think he needs to like... This is, this is like a relatively mature conversation he's having about this, Nathan, that you're having those um, kind Cynical. of seedy thoughts about. Nathan's yeah. wondering on a, on a Thursday night and off the ball just after John Giles is on, should he sort of head down the similar <laughs> After, John Jones is beer this week. We'll go home. We can put John in the background. How do you like that? How do you like that starting 11, Debbie? Yeah. Is that it? Listen to me and John in the background. If you can <laughs> I'm thinking of a wasted more balls than Marilyn Monroe joke, but I can't think of one that doesn't get me killed. <laughs> <laughs> The, uh, the going to bed early thing is an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, I can't think of anything like going to bed early that doesn't result in me just collapsing asleep. <laughs> go on. Let, let's go to bed early to, to uh, what, what did you, how did you describe it, Jared, to have some mature time? Um, like, no, I was uh, reading some adult time, I think is what it was. Yeah. yeah. Just, you just go and you get yourself yourself into something more comfortable here. I just make myself comfortable in the bed. <laughs> like, Four seconds later. You're asleep. Your wife yeah. is snoring again. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, no. I thought that's what you're referring to, Joe. Uh, and then, I don't know, do you follow Fesshole on, on uh, Twitter? It's this account. It's, it, I would recommend it. It's very good. It's, um, I think it's at Fesshole. So uh, it's 
essentially it's a Google doc that you can post to and they anonymize it and it's people's confessions. So the loads of stuff has been up there about, um, there's one guy who continually pisses in the downstairs uh, bin because he's too lazy to go upstairs. But the last one was, um, sorry to my 10 year old, I wasn't really massaging your mom when you walked into our bedroom this morning. I was all deep. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's the importance of scheduling right there is the importance that like it's not it's not just for you it's to prevent the life-changing moment where your kids discover that like that's where the babies come from well that's just carelessness you don't need to schedule to avoid those circumstances you just, just need to make sure your kids have moved on from peppa pig to a program that's at least 16 minutes long, say. <laughs> I, think, um, I, I think if you're ever fired in that situation, you just have not put the necessary measures in place. But it could there be are lots of doors. There are times of the day. You can, that, that's just carelessness. He really should have thought that through. I know. Kids wake up. What are you going to do? There could be a bit of hooting and hollering going on as well, Dave. Like... Spending how wild things are getting. From the kids' bedroom or from yours? <laughs> no, from, I mean, yours, mine, whoever's. <laughs> Move on, Jer. Please tell me you no, have more no, correspondence there's, this there's week. No room for hoot, there's no room for hooting and hollering in the morning if the kids are still in bed. The morning? Oof. An insight into Nathan Murphy. Welcome to the party, Nathan. <laughs> like... The morning is the, when the kid when the kids are around is not a time for hooting and hollering is basically the point. Nathan Nathan doing his best to follow Joe Wick's footsteps and boost his numbers. Nine a.m. <laughs> nine a.m. to half nine every morning live online. Downstairs we put a bit of Joe Wick's on. Is that the, uh... yeah, yeah. That's, that's literally as good as it gets in the mornings right now. <laughs> 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 I was suggesting that you send the kids down to watch a bit of Joe Wicks for half an hour. Okay. You know, it's a full okay. half hour. You're like, I, thought you meant, I thought you meant to my wife down to watch Joe Wicks for half an hour. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you doing? Don't ask, Adrian. In Don't the midst ask. of a semi, is that? Jesus <laughs> Christ. This, is, this has been the worst start to a dad cast yet. And that's saying something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of, speaking of boosting numbers, they're either going uh, through the roof or everybody's tuned out. So, um, Dave, you were saying that there was a few bits of... Um... Yeah, I um, just threw a tweet out there about half an hour before we started recording. Uh, any observations, questions, or otherwise, fire them in. Um, Eamon McGee got in touch, the former Donegal footballer, with a... <laughs> when, when can we return to normal? And a picture of himself looking as frazzled as I've ever seen him look. And his two kids who I'm pretty sure both still have their PJs on. He's attempting, it appears, to work on a laptop while they're pulling and dragging out of him like a, a former Tyrone defender. And he just looks like he wants to be anywhere else. But the, I mean, this is the new normal, isn't it? Like there's, there is a, there's a long time left before we go back to what life used to be like completely, at least. Daryl has been in touch um, at underscore the nibbler on Twitter. Um, interested to hear what you're all doing with regard to bringing kids back to see grandparents slash family as the restrictions lift. We have followed the guidelines fairly religiously. Wife is cocooning, but family members not so much. Difficult conversations ahead. And we are now in that territory, aren't we? Where, you know, the 5K has been um, 
a massive improvement on the two. You're allowed to spend a little bit more time out of doors and you can engage in social engagements with people up to four in number of those outside your household. So how are we approaching the slightly greater freedoms we've been given in the last week or two? In relation to like going to see grandparents and stuff, I'm extremely cautious about that. Like my, both my parents are in their eighties and the idea of putting them in any risk or whatever, like, and we're pretty good in terms of cocooning and stuff like that. I don't think there'd be in any danger to them, but um, I just think, you know, I'd, geez, I'd love to go down and pull up outside and like have a chat through the window or whatever in a way that we can't at the minute because it's way outside that five kilometers on or whatever. So definitely love to do that and all for that. But like that uh, texter is saying, uh, there's like five of us siblings and family and there'll be a range of different thoughts about how that should be approached. And that's where the, I mean, is that what he's alluding to in terms of awkward conversations? I'm assuming that's what he's saying. Um, well, um, I suppose as well, but there's always the awkward conversation that you may have to have with family or friends who you believe to be breaking the rules in a way that you're not comfortable with. How do you approach that conversation? There's another yeah. one about neighbours, very similar one, but the, the people in question are, are neighbours or uh, uh, guys been in touch. Have the lads noticed a definite slacking of social distancing in your estates since phase one of easing restrictions started? It's like people think that it's free reign again. Sadly, it's not. How best to approach it with neighbours without falling out? And that's probably a little more sticky because we probably all have seen people in our estate and maybe on the local green from the very start that I've not taken this seriously. It's, um, it's probably, and it's, even, it's more difficult if you happen to drive by that green. I know a couple of friends of mine would drive by the green where their kids would ordinarily have been spending most of their days playing and they see children who they would have been playing with out there from day one. Parents standing mm -hmm. around, not a bother, no one engaging in physical distancing and that parent then having to explain to their children why they're different and why they're not allowed out there. And that's an issue people have been having for weeks. It feels weirdly as though, and maybe I'm getting this totally wrong, that like we all know, I think we all know that like physical distancing and social distancing is going to be here for a long time. No matter how much we come out of lockdown, it's going to be here for a long time. But that that maybe hasn't been stressed enough and hasn't got through to people enough that no matter what way we come out of this over the next six months, that that two meters, even if it's reduced to whatever, a meter and a half meter, you shouldn't be standing on top of people anymore. You shouldn't yeah. be queuing right up behind someone. Whereas I've noticed that as well, that both around here and whenever you go to the shop, that, like it's completely different. Whereas two weeks ago, even you'd be looking at each other and there'd be apologies as someone sort of steps into the, up towards the same counter as you. Whereas now it's, yeah, whatever, whatever. I just don't understand how people haven't got it into their heads that the kids are always going to be difficult. And if kids are around each other, it's as much as they, and my, I hear my kids saying, it, it's like, oh, we need social distance. We need social distance. But like for adults not to understand that you can go and have a chat, but you don't need to, for, like people, Peter Laurie was on Golf Weekly yesterday saying when people go into the spa well, they look to shake his hand. You're like, Bloody hell. like these people are clearly idiots. That's or is there some sort of weird, particularly with men, I think of a certain age, which is older than our age, uh, have some sort of weird sense of pride that it'd be seen as a weakness to be seen to be abiding by the advice. Yeah, which is grand until like you remember that you're potentially spreading a virus like that's Jesus Christ that is so ludicrous. Yes, madness. We're not very good. We're not very good at following orders. We don't like to do it. Like I, I, I can't wait to bring the kids down for a socially distant 
visit to my parents. I'm really looking forward to that. I think it's going to be important for them as well. Like it's very important, particularly at a time like this where everybody has been worried, the anxiety levels have been through the roof, that you haven't had the uh, comfort of your family in a way that you would have through almost any other crisis. Like if we were at war, you know, we all would have been seeing our parents a lot more. Um, mm. So look, I, I mean, I think you're right, Nathan. I think there needs to be another massive public awareness campaign going, would you all calm down? Like, um, Dave, you were saying you were at the beach, like the beaches, those scenes of the beaches in England, they're kind of exactly the same here. It's just that the photographs haven't been as widely circulated. Um, like the shops are really busy and there's no real social distancing happening in the shops. Not in the way that there was. People have become super relaxed about stuff. And like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you go back. Like you, you can't really, you can't, I, maybe you can, maybe there can be a, look, we're doing really well, but like that means continuing everything you've been doing. Yeah, it's difficult. Like I don't like to be singling out, you know, individual sectors of the population because there are, within those sectors, there are a lot of people who've always been abiding by the rules. But I mean, the other night I went down to uh, a garage to pick up a couple of things and there were about seven or eight teenagers congregated at the entrance to the garage. Yeah. And oh, look. like I'm, I, my blood was boiling and they are, they are the sort of people that they were doing this. They're not only doing this this week since the restrictions have been easy a little, they were doing this from day one. And I'm not a parent of teenage children, so I don't have experience of how difficult it has been for those parents to try and keep a rein on their children who are so desperate to be out with their friends and far difficult, more difficult to keep under lock and key than mine who are five and three. So, you know, I'm sure there are difficulties involved with that. But in terms of the beaches, I generally people are keeping their distance. Even when the beach has been busy, I haven't found it an issue. Although I am sure there are people driving to beaches from far, much further regions than the 5K, um, which, is, it, which is probably an issue. But I, it's been a nice week for me in that I've done a couple of things that have made me f feel like I'm living a relatively normal life. The other night, four, myself and three of my friends, we met in one of the guys' back gardens for a couple of beers. And we were sitting around this huge table, probably three meters apart at all times. We walked through the side passage that was, we were never in the house. And it was an amazing two hours. It was a two hour spell that felt like pre-COVID. And then yesterday I was lucky enough to go out and play some golf. And that was, oh my God, it was so liberating to actually feel normal for a little while. But then you go into a shop or you go by a park and you see huge groups of people playing together, sitting together, drinking together. And it does remind you that we are on the edge of having to really look at the potential of going back a step or two. How, how would they do that? Who would accept it amongst the population? Like if they if they order it, there's no choice. Like there's you know, when you were out, when I was driving to work, the guards were stopping on all the roads into town and all the roads out of town. Very quickly, that's the type of thing that, like, there was very high level of compliance that got us to a point where the rate is so low at the moment. And like, I don't know. I, I'm relatively positive about how this is going to end. Well, is it that bad is the other thing because so again it's busy but it's not anywhere near as busy like the last two days have been the two of the most glorious days you could ever enjoy if we didn't have these restrictions there would have been 10 times as many people on the beach so i was yeah i was in 
Stephen's Green Shopping Centre, where I've gone every week for, I think, the last literally 10 weeks doing my weekly shop. And the, I remember the first day I was in there, I think there was four cars in the entire car park, Stephen's Green Shopping Centre, which was, oh, what, a thousand cars, possibly, if not even more. Now, I could say last Monday there was 10 times as many cars, which I'd say there were, but it's still only about 50 or 60 cars in a, in a car park that's generally packed. So while there has been this huge increase, it's still, like, people aren't coming into contact with half as many people, a quarter of the, as many people as they were previous to this. And that's probably where we're going to have to stay at a sort of sustainable level until obviously September when maybe the schools go back in that. But mm. like, I, I've definitely become a little bit more sympathetic towards people who are out and about. Like, not everyone is a green in front of their house. Like any amount of people live in apartments in the city who just need to get out. And we don't know. Everyone is a slightly different circumstance your neighbors of the house you were at there could well have been looking oh, look at your man sitting out there with his mates now they're having drinks or they probably mm. went into the house afterwards we're having a great yeah, old yeah, yeah. oh the kids yeah. were probably in there whereas you're going well actually we did the right thing so we're, i think we're also hypersensitive of what everyone else is doing that you can drive yourself demented like you just need to sort of look after yourself try and stay as far away and i de- like Obviously, everything can end up having a knock-on effect that if it does come back and all these people are spreading it and spreading it, it makes it more likely you're going to get it or somebody in your family is going to get it. But all you can really do is look after yourself and try and make sure you do the right thing and try and not let yourself be driven demented by what everyone else is doing. Which is easier said than done. A few stabs at getting this right as well. Like, so they're releasing the pressure valve a little bit at the minute and they'll release and release and release and release it till such, such point as they decide actually maybe maybe we're back at some sort of a danger zone here at which point they might have to start depending on, on what to what level that is they might have to like shut things right back down again or slowly just close it off at that level and allow us to to carry on to whatever like i suppose everything is up for grabs isn't it like it, there's any eventuality now over the next number of months of what could happen um, but i think given like where we've been for the last two months of almost total lockdown we're probably mentally better prepared to deal with whatever it is that they decide is the best course of action like i mean potentially over the next year i suppose the the reopening of the schools is an interesting thing where there is no specific plan just yet so veracker came out last week or whatever was like oh schools kids not really uh that um uh guilty of transmitting the disease and the Hulan was like, well, I wouldn't be opening schools just yet. So clearly there's a, a difference there. Is everybody going to go back in? So it's going to be 30 kids. They're snotting all over each other, hugging each other, kissing each other, licking each other, sharing food. And the teacher and the uh, teaching assistants are in that class and then they go back to their families. And is that is that how we think that's going to all play out from... The first of September or the last week of August, when it really is, because that's like two months away here, and um, not very many schools have room for social distancing. So, are we saying don't need the kids to social distance, don't need the people who are working in those schools to social distance with those kids, and away we go? Is that the plan? Because it kind of seems like that might be the plan. Well, that's not a plan. Under current the current situation, that is not a plan, and it is definitely not something countries which have allowed their kids back to school already are engaging in a couple of the Nordic countries, Denmark in particular, they have engaged in social distancing, smaller classes, um, all rooms within the school being used and little pods of kids 
they, it seems to be working reasonably well for them. I know secondary school students went back into school in Denmark this week. I just don't see how it's going to work for us. What about children who have special needs or an underlying illness or difficulties at home? And then you get onto the crash situation. If again they were going into this pod thing, and we all want the crashes back so we can. Yeah, well, one of the reasons we get a bit more free time, but the other reason being the kids are socialising again together. But if you're a, a crash care worker and you have, say, four kids in your pod and one of them needs to go to the toilet or one has an accident or one is feeling unwell or the doorbell rings, I mean, how does that work then? Or the person in question needs to go on their lunch break. There is no yeah. plan. The, the, it's, as you say, mm. we talk about schools returning in September. It's the end of May. There's absolutely no plan in place at the moment. And, it's very yeah. difficult to see how they're going to tick the right boxes. They were going to schedule the morning for uh, one group of kids and the afternoon for a different group of kids. So all of a sudden, you need childcare for that second part of the day. How's that going to work? Like, these are questions that seem very far away. And it, I think they probably hope that there's some kind of miraculous cure or something happening, but that, that's not likely. Well, it does so, seem as though that what they're hoping is, as you said, that the research that have come out and like every positive bit of research, you get something negative and then the French go back to school and there's a spike in cases around the schools and suddenly your hopes that we're up are sort of dashed again. It does seem as though they're hoping that there is, over the next couple of months, more research to suggest that children aren't super spreaders and that that will allow them to go back. Because I know from talking to my wife who's a teacher, like she, as you go through the various different possibilities just can't see how all the children don't go back together that's as you say from a childcare point of view from like, unfortunately a pandemic like this as we've seen exposes the weakest parts of your system and we have many many weak parts of the system in ireland and like, what school in this country has a spare room where you can suddenly take little pockets here and then everywhere they don't like her school doesn't even have hot water like they have water that trickles out and so we can tell the kids and all the kids are probably well used to having to wash their hands 50 times a day at this stage but if there's not no warm water to wash their hands or you know cuts they all know how to use the soap properly like th these basic things this that you would need for it all to work just just aren't there and again even if you split the classes into two separate pods is it going to be the one teacher and then those kids are coming into contact with the one teacher so teacher has picked it up from child earlier and then has passed it on to the evening. And that's without even getting on. Like, I think we all feel our kids have probably done all right so far without fully knowing if there is going to be a long-term impact. I know if I had to turn around to either of my kids and tell them, oh, by the way, you're in in the morning, but you know your two best mates, unfortunately, they're in the afternoon. They're in a different pod. Like, it would ruin them. Like, the thought, like, they both have some very close friends. And particularly at that age, when you're seven or eight, like, how, do, like, how do you even get into the politics of, is it by your name and the first 14 go in early and the second 14, is it by age? So that actually if the older ones together, which may suit, like do the teachers get to pick little groups of friends who they think will work well together? Jesus. But there are, like there are, but there are tough, like if, if the alternative is either to do something like that by whatever means, and you have to have those tough conversations, it's either that or we'll all stay at home for the next one. Mm. And, it's definitely the lesser of all evils, like whether it is some combination of Zooming plus X number of students in class. And however that works, like, Jesus, I don't know, does it work like to have, you know, part one in school in the morning and part two in the afternoon or part one for the first 
three weeks and part two for the first for the second three. Like, and does that actually even tackle the issue? I'm not 100 sure it does, but I'm sure there's going to be some unpalatable solution to this. But it, the ultimate sort of um, horrific thing is that they, everybody has to stay at home and continue like we are for the year. I think everybody really wants that. The fact that the summer holidays are coming up is this kind of like, oh, that's grand. We've got the summer holidays to sort things out. But like, that's, that's been the story of your life. Oh, I'm going to get fit this summer. I'm going to do something. I'm going to go and travel. I'm going to learn something. I'm going to whatever. It never happens. Never. You, you, you blow away the summer holidays going, actually, you know what? I'm going to get And you would like to think that the summer holidays will be used to plan exactly how the return will look. And we, as was the case pre-lockdown, when we looked at Italy and Spain, we are in a position where we can now go and see how things are transpiring in other countries. So they'll learn a lot from what's happening in places like Denmark and France and, and Germany. You would hope that they don't suffer hiccups that will halt their progress and thereby keep us standing still. But I mean, even in the two or three minutes that Nathan's speaking there, I mean, how many quite different questions have you raised? Like it's, and the, there is an answer to none of them. And it's very difficult to see how you're going to get an answer to that many issues in such a short space of time. I've no idea where we're going to be in September. It's, um, New Zealand, probably. <laughs> yeah, after a couple of quarantine periods. They don't we're no, definitely not. We're desperate to get them back in school. And I'm very keen to get them back into childcare. But it just doesn't, I just don't see how there's a way back. But what are you going to do, Dave? Well, we're lucky enough in that, you know, obviously I'm not working at the moment, so I can pr provide full-time childcare. But even if work does return, and when it does return, which will hopefully be sooner rather than later, it'll, for me, it's mainly nighttime work. So I should still be able to, you know, keep this up for the foreseeable. But what about parents who, at some stage, they are going to be called back into the office? They, for whatever reason, employers will want at least a couple of days a week where they're in the office and the, and the kids still aren't back in school like what do they do with absolutely zero childcare options are people going to have to leave work are going to yeah. lose their jobs or employers eventually going to say enough what? is enough i've got somebody over here who's willing to be in here two or three days a week i don't know i mean i, I you'd hope not you, you would think that most employers are moving towards a working from home rotation and an acceptance that that's what's going to happen but like um i don't know and there are so many i don't know there's so many unknowns now that you know without sending all donald rumsfeld like i the, i pity the people here in the position would have to crank up the answers because you know they're in a really awkward spot it's catch 22 they're going to upset some people some people are probably going to get ill on the back of the decisions they make People are going to have to accept a general level of risk that maybe they haven't had to consider in their lives outside of getting into a car or getting onto a plane. So um, it's, it's depressing when you think about the amount of issues that still have to be ironed out. Right, let's leave the, uh, the bad prognostications for a while. We can complain about what they're going to do about school for the next couple of months. Uh, so if anybody ever wants to get in touch with us, by the way, you can uh, tweet us at DadCastPod. Somebody was asking there about, oh, here it is, yeah. Um, Brendan Doyle, I feel the lockdown has improved my parenting skills. I just want to keep it up once I return to work. Um, which, you know, is interesting. In a podcast about keeping it up, hasn't it? Hey. Uh, that's the challenge. That is definitely the challenge, John. I, I think the, don't expect too much of yourself. 
I we obviously try not to give people advice here other than our own experiences, but certainly my own advice to myself is that to not put too much expectations on myself when we get back to some level of normality. Like what's happened at the minute, we, we went to the park during the week and we were sat around, the sun was blazing, uh, the older lad was running around the rocks, the other girl was having a bit of a nap in the buggy and life was good, it was amazing. Um, but that the expectation that that's the way it's going to be from here on out is slightly ludicrous. And that if there's some, and there will be positive legacy to come out of it that you can take with you, then take that, but don't expect everything or don't expect to be like, don't expect uh, an entire revolution at the other end of this. Are any of the three of you in Brendan's boat where you feel you have enhanced your parenting skills over the last two months? It's like we've we've added to our ten thousand hours. Is that, is that, is that Don't worry, you won't be accused of arrogance here if you say yes. I am a better parent than I was. But it is, but it's different kind of parenting because, like I think I touched on this before. Like previous parenting, I found for the last couple of years was basically a hundred miles an hour, rushing, 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 and bringing them to football, mm. bringing them to this, this, and this. Whereas now, actually, when you're with them, it's not bringing them to meet their mates or play football. It's just hanging around playing football on the green with them actually spending just time with them and not having anywhere to go and probably like like we used to always touch on like one of the main stresses we'll say getting ready in the morning for school like mornings now are very calming until schooling has to start but there's no get your lunch like making lunches get your lunchbox these things that end up in this massive constant low-lying stress in your life is no longer there and it's not there for the kids either so there's a bit definitely like working working from home is a I'll be interested if the kids do go back in September and if we're still working from home somewhat, how different it is then when you don't have the commute and actually you get five, six hours to just tear through your work and actually put your head down and there's not somebody walking in the door and you're not hearing carnage outside going, should I go out or should I just try and concentrate on this for a few minutes? Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, I, has my parenting improved? I don't know. I think if you've got through this without <laughs> killing each other, You've done a pretty good job. That's it. Expectations, expectations are pretty low mm. now. I think they have to be. Like I think our our um, Twitter is obviously experiencing. So we had like forty minutes yesterday around dinner time where everybody was having conversations and they were being nice to each other, and we were actually like fully engaged. But most of the day up to that point had been mad rows, pinching, biting, kicking, and then. Uh, bedtime was carnage last night, but you know I can remember the carnage if I want to. I can because I remember like everybody at dinner was actually eating their dinner, which is very rare, and uh, there was peace, like genuine kind of. The kids were listening to each other speak, not shouting over each other, not screaming. Like okay, maybe we've reached some kind of. And then obviously it all fell apart after dinner. So um, I don't know if I could a little bit if I'd like. If I put a couple of days together where that was the case, I'd be like, yeah, this is amazing. This has all worked out very well. But confidence levels are low on that. Um, yeah, you're always, you're always on the precipice. Things can fall apart in the blink of an eye. And we've had many days where at 8 p.m. I've thought, today's been a really good day. We've had fun. There haven't been any blaze-ups, really. Everybody's got on and the boys have played. And, you know, myself, my wife have been getting on very well and you know every night their dinner and in two minutes 
the entire day is ruined. And what did she do, Dave? Bed. Tell us. <laughs> well, it's, I will yeah, honestly. She missed her appointment. It's never myself. Sorry, it's another meeting's come up. <laughs> it's never myself or my wife that I'm blaming in these situations, but. You know, someone has lashed out and clocked the other, one lad has clocked the other lad, which has led to tears and a cut and, and you're just thinking... Can I ask a question, right? So close. We were so well, close I, to the perfect can, Well, can I ask a question, right? That actually doesn't ruin the whole day, right? Like, in, I don't, in I don't know moment, how, In that I don't moment, know how, it feels yes, like the day but, is ruined. So I, I'm the same. I'm the same. I, like, I let the crap that happened at bedtime last night where it was just a lot of screaming and tantruming going on. I let that be what I remember for most of the time as opposed to the, the dinner. And I don't know how to fix that, but it's wrong. I know it's wrong. I know that I shouldn't just think that like, because they're gonna have loads of rags. They're gonna have tantrums, they're kids. They're in, in the middle of a global pandemic and they haven't seen a friend and they haven't had a hug or they haven't done anything interesting except like, you know, live in a 2K radius for three months. And it's been boring. It's recency bias though. It's recency bias. Mm. Like the dinner happened after the bedtime and the tantrums. Yeah, would but have so taken how do we fix the recency bias? I don't know. That's a very good question. A couple, of, couple of stiff drinks. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, how do you I fix know. the recent device? I don't, I don't know the answer to that question. Maybe, maybe before you fall asleep, you need to think about the day and remember what was great about it. And that is your final thought before you drift off. I'm listening to Michael Lewis. Um, there was, uh, so he obviously wrote The Blind Side and all those books, The Big Short and that kind of stuff. And... Um, he has done an interview with the guy who wrote The Inner Game of Tennis and he's using a performance coach himself. Now, listening to Michael Lewis talking about his own version of road rage, it sounds like he gets mildly annoyed at somebody in traffic. So it doesn't sound like he's like going to throw a scooter over the fence or whatever <laughs> else all the rest of us have done uh, in our time. So I'm not sure he's the best candidate for this, but um, the woman who's giving him his advice asked him to create a happy space and what he does in the happy space and when he's driving the, the trigger for him now is going to be for him to wiggle his toes so he can feel his toes wiggle everybody knows the sensation of wiggling your toes and so when he's driving instead of like cursing out the driver who cuts in front of him or he sees somebody do something stupid or whatever it is he's going to wiggle his toes and he's going to, going to create this uh, pink bubble around him and that pink bubble is a happy space for him when he doesn't get angry and he says it's working for him and he's got another performance coach working with his daughter who's like a softball She's like finally in high school and is probably going to get a scholarship. And uh, the performance coaches really work for her. So apparently you can train yourself in the midst of all this not to go in and scream back at your screaming children. I guess it just takes a lot of work. I thought you were going to say apparently you can have enough money to somehow afford all <laughs> this stuff that means you don't get angry with your children. But like you can just listen to that and make up your own, you know? Yeah. Well, is this not what Dave went went through a few weeks back? He just, you know, sends himself an that email. Was, that or was just post event and pre event in the middle of the event. Like now, if you were to go back, Dave, the, the don't lose the rag. I guess that's it. I mean, your your mantra is don't lose the rag. So instead of picking up the scooter, you're like don't lose the rag. I I found it very hard. Yeah. I've had to like walk away from. I had I had dinner out the back on my own the other night, having cooked the dinner. I was like can't have any more of this and I just left which is obviously but, the wa but walking away is walking away is a means to dealing with it as well walking away is better than screaming back like walking away from your problems Dave 
Well, you're not. Walking you're just away from your, your own children. What? <laughs> <laughs> you're just giving yourself some Screw distance. Eel. Well, like that's the time and space to make the right decision. Like the, the don't lose your rag has definitely worked for me. Another part of it is that like I'm sick and tired of my children shouting at me. I'm so tired of it. They just shout at me all the time. And if there was anybody else in my life, I just wouldn't fraternize with them. But I have no choice because they're my kids and I love them dearly. But I can't ask them to stop shouting at me if I'm shouting back. That does not work. So every time they sure? shout at me, <laughs> every time they shout at me, I, I, and it probably annoys them a little bit more, but I say, why are you shouting? Nobody else in this room is shouting. I'm, yes, I'm giving out to you, but I have not raised my voice once. Why are you shouting at me? And I will not engage with you until you stop shouting at me. And that calms them down. It does genuinely calm them down. The, the screaming tends to stop then. A child, an already riled up child, will not step back from that if you're shouting at them. They get angry at their parents shouting at them, even when it's their fault. It has no purpose. It has no, there's no future in it. And it, it doesn't get any closer to your end goal at all. You have to be was, able to stop yourself shouting whilst they're shouting. I was putting the two of ours to bed the other night and we were uh, going through the motions and sometimes when <clears throat> can't get started, he'll say stuff like, oh, I'm so sad. And you obviously tried to have a conversation with him as to why he's so sad. And, or it might be, I'm not very happy or whatever. Anyway, so he was saying this the other night and getting the rings of it. You made me sad. And I was like, oh, I'm knowing for a while. Like, he's just absolutely turning around. Why did I make a sad comment? What was the, what was the story with that? Oh, you were shouting at me, and I like I actually I actually don't really shout at them. I often say things that I absolutely regret, but I rarely shout at them. Uh, so I was like, oh, "This is bullshit." But I was entertaining, and I was like, oh, "What was the why? why fuck you, Khan! Fuck you!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. It's more like fuck you, Khan. Uh, but uh, no, I often say things I totally regret, but try not to shout at them as much as I can. But anyway, it was so this went on. It was like getting worse. It was like I'm I'm not very happy. I'm sad. You were giving out to me. You were shouting at me. You hit me. I was like, oh, <laughs> no. At that, that point, I was like, at that, that point, I was like, no, no, that never happened. But I was like, I was saying to him, okay, now we need to sit down and you need to look me in the face. That's not true. That never happened. Where did I hit you? Here. I'm like, no, oh, no, I did not do that. That never happened. Like, don't be telling people this fucking. This did not happen. Um, so, I know who I believe. I know, listen, and every judge in the land will be with you, Dave. That's why I'm trying to do that. <laughs> this week's podcast is entitled Adrian Barry Denies Hitting Child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. In, in a search for numbers. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, but, but I, I, do, I do want to say, because I know we're going to wrap in a minute, I do, I did want to say something very positive has come out of the last few weeks. Thank you, Dave. You know my constant admiration for your parenting style. The post um pre dave the initial dave dave mcintyre phase one that we're now on to dave mcintyre phase two that parent i'm a huge uh, fan of which is with us about a year thereabouts um last week last podcast you were talking about when your kid says to you will you play with me there'll be a day where that'll be the last day and actually jesus i went away and thought thought about that for a long time afterwards it really started hitting me afterwards uh, there's something unbelievably sad about it was the first aspect of it like so sad like that someday the last it'll be the last time your kid is going to say will you play with me anyway yeah. con says all the time and largely in my head 
that's a trigger for me to go come up with an excuse that like there's something there's always something going on so i'm like well what's the excuse now that i wash my no, hair yeah it's like it's honestly it's like a shit. coming up with something I like that Father Ted episode where, like, you know, the thing, the thing. Um, what was this? What was it we had to do? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah, yeah. Shine the banners or whatever. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> sounds like a euphemism. Hello. Kitchens now. Which is not. <laughs> I'll be back in five minutes. No. Um, I'm watching Joe Wicks. I've got to shine the banners. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just having your mother have an appointment. Come back, Georgie. No. Um, but no, I, and I'm not saying that I've done it every time since, but certainly more and more I've heard that and I've heard him saying that and I've been like, what do you want to do? Let's go. Uh, so thanks. You're welcome. Obviously, it took a, a horrendous, tragic set of circumstances for me to see the light on that. I, but I think, I know we didn't record last week, the, uh, what I do, I think in the last fortnight, I'd say if they've asked me to play 30 times, I'd say I've played 29 times. And the 30th That's time was, was because I, there literally was something boiling up or we were <laughs> had, we had to leave. Whatever. <laughs> we had to leave in 10 minutes and no bags have been packed and no lunchbox have been packed or anything. Um, how long it lasts? I hope it lasts for as long as they are willing to play with me. But um, yeah, look, and look, it's not. The thing, the thing about my friend that I spoke about a couple of weeks ago was that it wasn't a difficulty for him. When every time he was asked to play, he was like, oh, deadly, right, what are we going to do? And he loved every second of it. I'm not like that. It's not innate in me. It's not instinctive to me. I do have to make sure I play with them, even though what we might be doing, I find boring. And yes, I might look at my watch every so often going, oh, we've been doing this for 20 minutes, but you're still on the floor with them. That's the key. Yeah. You are still down there getting dirty with them and playing with them and answering the same question again and again and being told. <laughs> the one thing I find in these particularly made-up games, you never show initiative. That is not your role. Do not try and change the script. Do not try and add to the script. Do not try and come up with your own lines. You wait to be told what to do, how to do it, how to say it, and under no circumstances show that you've got any ideas or independent thought of your own. Then the hmm. game will go better for everybody. He or she. Why will don't tell you just you what do? do. <laughs> no, no, Daddy, don't say it like that. No, no, Daddy, no. Yeah. Pretend you said. Okay, well, let's <laughs> pretend I said that. No, you have to say it. Say it. Pretend you said it. Okay, okay. Because I was, I was watching the play one day, and the person in charge just was not happy with some of the, the lines that were been taken by the other guy. So yeah, try and enjoy the play if you can, but if you're not enjoying it, still play. That's the key. We're not all like my friend that will love every second of it. Ideal world, we all would be, but the key is that you're still down there with them still playing. Right. On that note, one last question. Um, the, the emotional intensity of this whole thing, like, uh, you know the way you used to cry at bad movies, Dave? Like, I'm finding two out of three days, something is making me well up at the moment. And what was, it the, be, what was the most recent occurrence? Uh, that's a good question. I actually can't remember, but I remember thinking I should, uh, I should mention this, that it's happening a lot. Um, Were you watching TV? Oh yeah, watching TV, reading books, on Twitter, short videos on Twitter. Oh, don't don't click on them. 
<laughs> no good can come of that. No. Uh, he's watching reruns of the night in the shower again. Okay. S- sorry, what? <laughs> we, no, what? What are you talking about? What do you mean? <laughs> can you remember what, what, what you were you... thinking about in the shower at the time? What do you do in the shower, Nathan? I'm not crying, anyways. <laughs> 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 I mean, sometimes, but it's <laughs> that's a whole other story. That's all other... <laughs> uh, <okay>. <laughs> you're, <laughs> blushing, you're blushing there. That's the Maybe, Jerry, you, need, you need to take a notepaper and a piece of notepaper and a pencil around with you. So whenever you start crying, you can just jot down what it was. And by the end of the week, you'll have a list to bring us when we record. For your, for your enjoyment. Exactly. Well, there you go. At least it'll serve some purpose. Right. Dadcast hmm. at offtheball.com is the email address. Thanks to the dads for being part of this and thanks to you for listening. Uh, a good idea for us that would really help us would be if you rate this on uh, iTunes or indeed wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll see you next week. Best of luck. <laughs>